Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Trainer's Lifestyle. In this week, I'm welcoming two guests, Mitya and Gonzalo, who will be exploring the future of learning with me. This is a bit of a different episode, because we wanted to make it very free-flowing and contemplative. As passionate learners and educators, we wanted to explore what the future of learning holds for us. This is part one of a two-part series of our discussion, with the next one being released in two weeks. And during this week's episode, we talk about how we envision virtual spaces can help us learn better. Some questions that we explore are, how do we make them multidimensional? How should they be structured? How can we host people adequately in these virtual spaces? What comes up when you hear those questions? If that's something that interests you, I think you'll enjoy this episode. As I said, in this episode, we're imagining everything that's possible. And it's basically a discussion about what the future holds. And we are by no means experts. Join us in this discussion and share what, what you think. We'll be answering every question that anybody who responds has. We encourage you to join this dialogue. And you can do so by either emailing us at podcast at trainersforum.org, sending in a vo voice note to us with the link in this the description, the last link. And feel free to ask any questions or just comment or by starting the conversation in our Facebook group because we're very active in there at Trainers Forum. And for some context, so you understand when we jump in, Mitya and Gonzalo are both working with me in Trainers Forum. This is abbreviated as TSF sometimes in the conversation. And Trainers Forum is basically a community of trainers and educators who are very passionate about learning and creating better training systems. Trainers Forum can be found online and our community is mostly active on Facebook and Facebook group called Trainers Forum and it's all about learning better. So I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll be jumping right in so strap your seatbelts on and let's go. I think the questions I want to ask for us to start this podcast is yeah what are you hoping to bring to this episode and also a little introduction about who of yourself i can start i'm kind of the the guilty person for <laughs> i guess <laughs> connecting all three of us it was uh due to a conversation we actually had with gonzalo happened very spontaneously like at the end of one of the meetings we happened to both just reconnect back to a room and we ended up talking for a mini podcast i guess <laughs> unrecorded one and uh yeah like what i would invite us to kind of explore, check out. It's just this kind of potential of virtual spaces, right? Because I think we were we were exploring this idea that right now, at least for me, it feels like a lot of virtual spaces, websites, Coursera courses, like Facebook, different groups. To me, they really feel like two-dimensional. Like that, that's the first thing. It's just like a billboard of stuff. It might be animated. There might be layers to it. But there's this kind of two-dimensionality to it. So I was starting to kind of play with the idea, how would a 3D virtual space look like? like without the need of VR or whatever, right? But just that you would open it and there would be this 3D world rendered in your browser that you could kind of, with a little avatar, navigate, right? You could still have the classic kind of drop-down menu, you know, ordinary website. But yeah, that was one thing. Like just exploring the potential of virtual spaces, not just with 3D, but different kinds of environments. and. Yeah, what parts of learning could be kind of, uh, let's say, ported onto the mm -hmm. virtual level and what, what, what aspects of education really need this kind of, you know, face-to-face -face group contact. So, yeah, that was something that I guess 
brought me and is bringing me to to the podcast. So maybe just to to finish off and hand it over to Gonzalo, like from from my side, how kind of I ended up at this thing. I'm a psychologist by training. I'm still finishing my master's. Hopefully, in the next few months, <laughs> I'll be done. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm apart from psychology. I got involved with training pretty early. I think it was I was 19 at the time in this international kind of organizations. And I basically, uh, yeah, I was really confused <laughs> by seeing that people in in kind of student organizations, they basically pay to work. And, and for me, that was really like, what what is the thing that's happening here? And eventually, long story short, uh, I joined a bunch of different kind of events as a trainer, as a participant, and ended up with TSF and basically kind of helping to to see what, what this community of kind of trainers form of, of trainers from different professions, right? From different academic disciplines, from different countries, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like what's, what's the potential in this community beyond kind of just events? Yeah, because you were one of the... So that's, I guess... Yeah, yeah. visionaries of it at the beginning. <laughs> if you want to call it like that, yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's that's what's relevant. Awesome. Gonzalo, how are you coming to this uh, podcast episode and... A little introduction and what are you expecting? Yeah, so um, I just came on the on on this conversation as well that I had with Mikian and he was referring. So uh, connecting with the topic and my my expectations, Mikian was talking about uh, potentially thinking of 3D spaces because everything looks like a billboard, and I would just <laughs> hike the bar here. Um, and see that for me, what I would look like uh, to see on the internet when we're thinking about virtual spaces, it's more than actually 3D. Uh, what in what sense? Uh, on the sense that uh, not on only on the visual sense that you interact with internet, but on the sense that you put yourself on internet. So all <laughs> the places that are in, so uh, all the places that we were talking about, all the examples that you were talking about, Mitya. Um, what I feel is that we. Uh, we basically um, see in the internet is that people is not really using it as an extension of what is the real world for themselves. So there's a lot of personas and avatars, even if you are showing your face and your picture, um, there is a kind of almost, uh, this is at least what I feel, uh, it happens a lot uh, on the internet that you, because you are behind mm. a computer that you are actually being an actor uh, on this specific space. So having spaces where people actually feel comfortable, so it's somehow connected to what you were saying about creating safe spaces, because it's only on these safe spaces that people can actually bring more of their dimensions that exist in real life to the virtual spaces. So just putting the things in a little bit different way, but uh, going on the same direction. Mm. So that's that's my my main expectation about, about internet spaces and about the conversations that we have. Um, Regarding myself, I can also use it to um, to make some some connection of who who I am and how I'm here. Um, so yes, I've been uh, interested a lot in how people uh, connect with each other in the potential of personal development on a technical way. I'm from engineering, so I was all interested on in how people could be better. Uh, on that way, but also on a more personal way and how this could improve both of the areas of their life. So I started being involved in organizations um, 
student organizations for, for a long time, and then PSF popped in at some point, and it was the thing that made more sense for me to be connected science. It's really focusing on education, training, learning, and as well on the other things, um, on the other aspects mm. of how people connect and how people learn and so on. And uh, yeah, and then um, this all connects a lot as well with my, with my professional life right now, with data science, with looking to, um, to, to evidence, with understanding with the data that it's generated, not only by all the things surrounding us, but how we actually interact with the virtual spaces and with internet and uh, looking in a more rational way uh, to it. So bringing a bit of uh, the rational view from, from, my, from my work with data science and uh, in education, it's definitely on my side more the, the emotional and passionate view for it. Wonderful. If I can just kind of add to this and acknowledge the fact that when we were speaking, you mentioned in this data science kind of, let's say, uh, aspect of yourself, uh, like I was mind blown. I, I, I remember that you mentioned you had your thesis about kind of speech recognition and stuff like that. And we talked about how you now you could use software and AI and machine learning and all of that kind of stuff to to kind of, you know, help visualize the conversation, you know, not just as a one dimensional track of time you know, that's flowing, but really kind of do text to speech, do, do you know, uh, analysis of emotion, sentiment analysis, stuff like that. So I was really blown away like by that. <laughs> that's a bookmark, you know, that I think it would be cool to play somewhere. But yeah, that is amazing. And hopefully we'll talk about all of that and how we can integrate it. So during the next hour, we're going to explore like, yeah, virtual learning hubs as a first and the future of learning. As you were both saying, that's something super interesting to talk about and how we can put ourselves almost physically in a 3D space where everybody can just join join, and not just as a course where it's one one way interaction. And that's why we want people to also like, if you're listening to this, to comment on your uh, podcast listening platform or if you, that doesn't have the comment feature, then just go to CastBox because that's a podcast platform where you can comment. That was amazing, yeah. Yeah, very, very cool. Or otherwise, just send us an email or a voice message even. So I think the first thing is we're talking about what we're interested in now. How do we envision the future of uh, virtual learning hubs? That's like the question that we want to dive into. Wow, that's a bombshell. <laughs> that's a huge question. Like, I, I'd just like to put a disclaimer from my side that I don't by any means consider myself an expert on the topic. Oh, uh, yeah, we're just all exploring this together. Yeah, like I might, I have some experience with Coursera and stuff like that, but not with designing stuff or whatever. Maybe some with, with the psychology of how, you know, how, how we could set up spaces, what conditions would need to be there, like physically and also in this kind of social atmosphere kind of thing. Uh, so that people could kind of feel safer, they could kind of be more curious about stuff, especially about stuff that contradicts, conflicts with their current ideas, you know, that might be challenging, uncomfortable, stuff like that. So I do have some knowledge there in terms of design, maybe principles that would be cool to put into the virtual spaces. Also, I'm a, I'm a geek, like I love <laughs> to game, like I play games. So I, there, there's a big part of my life that I have spent in virtual games. And I think the potential of gamification and all of that would be really, really, really nicely harvested. 
And also like one one little other piece would be this augmented reality thing. Like I, I didn't design any stuff or whatever, but I did experience some of them. And I would love to see some kind of a Pokemon Go-ish kind of <laughs> thing that, that could happen with, with learning, right? That would basically create this portal, right? This virtual portal through which you could be present you know, in other physical spaces. Mm-hmm. So like those are some ideas arenas. that kind of, yeah. Yeah, otherwise, I, again, I would just like to highlight your kind of thing that it's, I really see this as a question, as a bookmark that we put in the podcast. And if you as the listener kind of have you know, any idea, if you know of any sources that you'd like to kind of share any existing projects, you know, if you've thought about this or want to think about this to really kind of just, maybe you can just reference the timestamp whatever we're speaking and just kind of link in the comments whatever source you have so mm-hmm. that would be cool that we kind of build snowball on it cool that was my disclaimer yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely from my side it's a lot of interest uh, some notions of the technical challenges that may uh, may be needed but also really looking forward to 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 the ones that are listening if they have inputs on their own expertise so we can really create something here with with all the bits of expertise and experience that all of us yeah because exactly we're three people that are very interested in learning how to learn better and what we're talking about before it was that it'd be so cool to have some kind of space that you can just jump into and exchange Mm. ideas or learn something like in a physical training event but something that is very much more accessible right yeah Maybe I can just kind of briefly flesh out kind of the, the mm-hmm. example idea I had. So kind of one question I, I pondered over a few days was um, like if we time travel into the future, right? If we imagine, and we try to just explore how could TSF, for example, like a virtual forum, right? And by forum, I mean really like the Greek sense of the forum, right? Not the amphitheater, but kind of a space. For people to come together and in our example that would be just learning education whatever but you know just substitute it with whatever field you're working in right and as i was imagining like how could this virtual forum look like i had this 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 kind of image of a website because mm-hmm. i think if you need like uh, virtual headsets and stuff like that that's really a high bar maybe at some point that that would be even more immersive but in the beginning, like imagine you open a website and instead of being greeted by this 2D screen, you basically pop up as a little ball, right? Hmm. In a 3D space. And the 3D space is basically organized in a way that there's this central pillar, you know, sphere, whatever. And that's basically kind of in our case, it would be like, what is TSF, right? What are we doing? What are the different parts of it, different projects, different services we offer, products, whatever, like an archive, like just about TSF. And then imagine on the outside. Right of this kind of cylinder, there would just be walls, walls and doors in the walls, right? And different doors would basically lead you into different virtual spaces, right? And all of these spaces would be designed, they would be designed in a way to facilitate a certain function, right? So a few that I kind of came up with or that I would love to see happen, if someone uh, knows how to build them, they have the technical expertise. The first one would basically be this marketplace of the 21st century, right? Mm -hmm. You would basically click the door and you would kind of appear in this sprawling, basically, space. In this space, you could have kind of stations, let's say little pinpoints, right, with different topics on them. They could be moving, you know, you could set up your own or whatever. 
And then people could basically kind of gather physically, like move around or teleport to different stuff. And they would be dedicated to certain questions. Or for example, if you have certain services you'd like to offer, or if you have a need in your community, in your organization, or personally that you know, you'd like to have some help with, um, information that you're looking at, like whatever. You know, it's just like a giant OST, open space technology platform, but just in the virtual space. Mm -hmm. So that could be one thing. And of course, you could then augment it with kind of a search engine, you know, and filter. So it's easier to navigate than just this sprawling mess of, you know, little avatars. <laughs> then, like the next one, the next space could be if you kind of pop, pop back out. Uh, another door could be a, let's say, it would be once you form some kind of connection in this market space, or if you know someone from before, right? It could just be a private space for up to, I don't know, 20, 50, whatever people, like a smaller group of people that would be suited for different purposes, right? So you could have templates of different spaces and also proposals, like when you have with the training session, kind of the flow of activities, right? So it's not just the physical space, but it's also the time dimension, right? So you have certain proposals of the process, right? For example, a check-in first where you just individually kind of you know, reflect on, okay, what's my intention for it? What's my goal? You know, whatever. And then if it would be a brainstorming, for example, right? There could be one type of space that would appear around you with other people. Mm. Um, if it would be some kind of a training session, you know, Zoom is awesome. Like Zoom is amazing, right? And you have breakout rooms and everything, but imagine just like you had this 3D experience, right? of a training session, you could have kind of for, for conflict resolution, right? You could have a certain process. You could have for, for I don't know, if, if you're writing something together, an article, a book, whatever, right? Like th th there could be just different spaces you would set up. So that's kind of the second function. Hi, you've reached the mid-episode break while listening to Trainers Lifestyle, a podcast provided by Trainers Forum. Check out Trainers Forum at trainersforum.org to know more and to connect with us and to learn more about myself at oscarwar.com all the links are in the description also awesome announcement i would love to hear what you think about the episodes and if you have any questions i would love for you to send them in if you click the last link in the description you can send me a voice message either asking me a question about learning experiences which i might ask to the next guest or simply leave a comment, which I'll play at the end of the next episode. We really want to hear from you guys. So if you have anything to say, you can either send us a voice message or share this on social media, put this on your Instagram story and tag Trainers Forum or myself, Oscar All Day, or post it on Facebook, on LinkedIn and tag Trainers Forum. Hope you keep enjoying this and back to the episode. And then the third and the last one that I would kind of just end with and maybe either invite your kind of reflections on the general idea or other ideas of spaces, um, is the virtual hub. So for that, and that, that one's the most trippy for me and also the one that I would like to start with the soonest, which is um, imagine you open that door, the third one, and you basically kind of, are, you step out into space. Like mm -hmm. you're floating above Earth, right? Google Earth. And what you see below you, like on the map of the Earth, is pinpoints, pinpoints with virtual, like with TSF hubs in this example, right? So physical communities with, in this case, TSF, but it could be like any, you know, school, hospital, whatever in the world. And you could, by clicking on it, you could then check out like what's the flow of activities that they have scheduled, right? Is there anything going on now in that moment, right? And I can imagine a pretty, let's say, improvised <laughs> low-tech solution for how to then actually kind of step through this portal 
this virtual portal into this augmented reality layer in that specific geographic hub. It could be that for people who are there physically gathering, they could donate their smartphone, right? So they could use their smartphone through which you could basically be present, right? Your face would be on there. There would be a microphone and a speaker for you to basically just join in that space. Whoa. And then you could have kind of different ways for how people could engage you. You could just listen in. You could like whatever. You know. And it doesn't just need to be kind of in this present moment. If there are certain recordings that happen or even just kind of harvests, like written stuff, you know, opportunities to engage. You could just click it and see what happened before, you know, what's happening now, what's scheduled in the future. So that's kind of in, in a nutshell, kind of the, the third kind of space. But again, like just just thinking about kind of what are the different kinds of spaces, different functions that we could create that aren't present yet or that aren't even possible, mm. right, in the ver in the physical world. Because what I think we're doing is we're trying to rebuild and improve a bit what already exists. So recreating a classroom, right, that's huge, like a MOOC, right? But but like I'm wondering, sure, like let's keep doing that. That's amazing. But what other stuff? Could we create that's, that doesn't exist yet? Right. So that's kind of um, what I meant by virtual hubs and mm. something I would love to see happen in TSF. So if if you're um, if you have the if you have knowledge about 3D web design, whatever, you know, engines, HTML5, whatever engine you want to set this up, it's not too computationally heavy, or even an app like if you know how to write them, that would be cool if you just link this time timestamp and. Uh, Shout out. <laughs> or if you have any ideas about like what other rooms would be needed or you know, whatever. Even when you mentioned um virtual classrooms kind of it's like even with Zoom you could do that, I think. Tuning in through like with a little yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Like it's totally already doable. Just the yeah, the structure I think needs to be there, right? And I think like with the structure, like not just the physical infrastructure, but you know, with any platform that you start to build, the, the first kind of pool of users, that's essential, right? If you build mm. a Facebook or if you build any platform that's the best, and if there are no users on it, you know, it doesn't have any value. So I think what, what would be important is for us to not only build this kind of, um, um, you know, virtual infrastructure for this to happen, but also to host our own physical spaces, Right. Because you need both for that, you know, you, ca you can't go through a portal if there's nothing on the other side, right? So I think it's, yeah, that would be cool. If you feel like setting up your own TSF hub or whatever, again, timestamp. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good, good chance when we're looking to this um, visual, visual representation, right? This is something that when we were talking, I was thinking, not thinking, but visualizing somehow a space in front of my head, right, with these images that we're creating. Uh, so, so I think it's interesting if we look now in a different direction to the day by day uh, and how people is interacting with technology and with websites and so on uh, and the different moments, right? So we can also understand on the scenario or where you are entering on a new world, on a virtual 3D world, when this is going to happen is when you really give the chance of yourself to stop uh, when you arrive home and you say, let's go now to the virtual space. Or if it's something that people do when they are going to the social networks, basically wherever they are um, doing in their life, they stop exactly on this precisely moment. They pick up their phone, they open the application and they are in mm -hmm. on the social network. 
So there is an spontaneity uh, on using social networks that should, um, that uh, I'm not saying that it should be like that, but uh, it's, it's a characteristic that, um, of how people interact with technology nowadays and specifically with virtual space which are the social networks because they are virtual spaces as well even if people doesn't learn so much on social networks it's more for socializing on a more general term um, so looking as well to this direction right and how people does that and how a virtual space with with this kind of because i mean what listening to you i imagine in front of me all of these doors and so on but i imagine myself being sitting Right when I arrive from at the end of the day, let's go to this. Hmm. Yeah, it's a very it's a very involved kind of experience, right? And I completely agree. It would be cool to have different like there's a saying in community building that you need to have kind of benches on the side, right? You need to offer different levels of engagement, right? Hmm. So that it's not just this super involved room, but I definitely agree there would need to be some kind of a more, you know, lightweight, more kind of quick. Yeah. Quick way of, of interacting. Instead of yeah, post posting a picture or a comment, you can just scroll through and see. Yeah. Yes, and you and and you, it's interesting to see like that because you can also look to different ways of interacting with the internet. So for example, uh, some years ago there was these uh, first chats that were existing. Uh, there were uh, people I remember. Uh, I was arriving home. I was a student in high school or something. And I was arriving home and I was connecting to this chat. So this was just text and a black screen with white letters, <laughs> but you were connecting. There was different doors, which were basically different uh, chats. And then the topics there were not really, uh, okay, maybe some some doors uh, were prone to have more specific topics than others, but were for people just joining and talk mm -hmm. with each other. Nowadays, people, it's not that you don't have so much this space. People just write something and then later on they look at it. So the communication is really more asynchronous than before. So these uh, different levels of interaction, I think that uh, the, the society is going in a direction where you are talking in a more asynchronous way and communicating in a more asynchronous way, but it doesn't, but what you are describing, I can associate it with the advanced way of having these ERC chats that I was using when I was a child, but with 3D and where you yes, can walk exactly. in and so on. But it's a space that you arrive home at the end of the day, that like I was doing when I was a kid. I was arriving and I was turning it on, then seeing the chats, then seeing the people that was there. It was my friend from school and I was saying, hey, how are you? I'm in home now. I just came from school <laughs> and then we were talking and you have all of these different ways and talking with random yeah. people as well, talking where they are. If, M or F, DDTC, where it would mean where, where are you from, and something like that. So there was a code on how people was interacting with it, of course. But more than that, there was a way of how they were interacting with it. And it was like, I'm going to the computer, I'm connecting it, and I'm doing this. I may be seeing something on the internet, maybe I'm even playing a game at the same time, but I'm here, and I'm not full here. I'm at least 50% connected with this space. Which is totally different when you are on your smartphone uh, outside, because on this time there was no smartphones as well. So of course there's been a bunch of technology that's shaping the way that people interact with it. So nowadays on the smartphone maybe you just go to this app and you just scroll and you put something and you don't want mm. to interact in a 3D way with it because we have a smartphone and maybe it's too complicated to interact with a 3D space in a smartphone on a traditional way right now that we're interacting without special mm -hmm. glasses or 
whatever, right? So this to say that uh, also the virtual space, as you were saying, needs to take into consideration the different momentums in our life, but also if people is willing to sit down at the end of the day, knowing that they are going to enter in the space, then there are going to be virtual people there. If this is something that is for the mass, for example, or just for the niche of people like Second Life, which has a lot of people using it, but it's really a niche. Like, this is really these people that uh, go there and, well, there's people that basically live there. They just go out of there for their primal needs of human body and they are only living a, a virtual world. So yeah, just popping up with this question for now. Yeah, I love it. Like in this way of, um, yeah, there's a lot of doors that opens. <laughs> it was what you said, there's doors everywhere in this podcast. <laughs> I'm uh, what I'm kind of thinking is the first thing that's popping up for me is um, yeah to, to have both this very lightweight kind of um, fun playful exploratory kind of anonymous in a way scrolling through exploring what's happening right so that I really find valuable right to have that that there and then what I'm also hearing is kind of um, when you were bringing up this kind of uh, this chat kind of era that we went through, right? I felt that in those spaces you could actually kind of um, that space enabled you to step into it to a certain extent, right? Without much constraints. But if you look at Facebook, if you look at LinkedIn, it's like there it's it's a space that has templates, that has certain profiles, certain kind of windows through which you can kind of interact. So you're kind of building an avatar. You're building kind of some kind of a alter ego of yours even, right? And it's not like you're, it's, 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 it's not like there are gloves, you know, those gloves, if you have kind of some biologically hazardous material or whatever, you have like a glass box, right? And you can put your hands in oh, the yeah. gloves and then you can interact with that world, right? In that way, like if it's, it's not that much that the technology enables you to inhabit a certain space, because with the text chats, I really felt like people inhabited those spaces, even though it was just text. Like people were, were there, you know, you said something, someone responded. And there was a there was a responsivity to it. Because right now I feel that a lot of technologies that we're creating, they're not really requiring a response. Like it's okay if you just push something out there, you just leave it on there. It's your wall. You can delete stuff and, and that's it, right? People can comment if they want to, but it's kind of a sideline thing, right? But with this, I really felt like it's a space yeah, where you interact together and build a thread together, right? Yeah, how do you create that? Even these spaces, these spaces before, the characteristic that nowadays maybe people will not be so comfortable with it because of what you were saying, they were live. And if you were not being able to see nothing before you joining us, this window, right? This door, this chat, you were joining and what was happening before, you had like two or three lines of chat and you couldn't see nothing before. So it was not about popping up and coming later. No, when you are going in, it was to just use it on the mm. specific moment. And then we're living, we're losing the information uh, somehow uh, of what the conversation was going on there. There was no historic thing mm -hmm. or log that you can just comment on board as you were saying, right? So this is a totally different way of interacting as well. Uh, that nowadays we, we are not seeing it so much on the, what we call the social network. Maybe I would just end this topic with, or maybe just from my side, I feel like the only thing I have left to contribute 
is to think about, yes, like what technologies are currently here in the sense of what are people currently used to? Because whatever we build, like it needs to be relatable. It needs to be accessible to people as they are now, right? With whatever attention spans or whatever they have, right? Mm-hmm. And and interacting habits through the internet. But I'm I'm wondering, like, if we are to create some kind of a new space from scratch, like one question I think is really important to bring in um, is what kind of spaces would we like to create? What kind of interaction styles would we like to encourage, right? Do we want our intention spans to keep shrinking? Like, is, is that the thing? <laughs> if we consciously design like our virtual spaces, is that one of the functions we wanted to have, like one of the consequences? Like for me, no, <laughs> hell no. Like, and, and if we think like, and, and if this would be a st- timestamp, you can kind of reference is what do you think are the, the qualities, the capacities, the skills, the kind of values, the, the whatever kind of aspects of conversation that we do want to cultivate, right? What, what would be the kinds of, you know, skills, attitudes, conditions, you know, what kind of atmosphere would we like to create the design criteria basically? What I'm understanding from the virtual space that I see from your conversation now is that, like, I think the attention span would not uh, shrink at all because what we would need to have is people that are engaging uh, actively. Right now, it's just posting something, hoping for um, some kind of feedback. And uh, it's ping pong, very, very kind quick. Kind of like quick. The, the, the void of the internet, right? You just scream yeah. out and maybe someone screams back. <laughs> three exactly. months later, like, yay, exactly. comment. And yeah, and you don't know if the tree in the forest has fallen if you don't hear it, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So how do we, how could we make that space more engaging? I mean, if people come there voluntarily, then definitely. But right now people are, yeah, come there for distractions or for social media. <laughs> Yeah, I think that one one of the points is that we we need to understand that people is really living this kind of life. So making something that just asks people to use an attention span that they are not used is just going in a totally different direction. So so we need a space that asks for some engagement, but it's something that people is willing as well to do, even in a moment where their attention span and there is so much information going on. So finding somehow uh, so, for example, the question that I could pose is how a space like this that was working because everyone was using this on the internet, like the ERC chat. What's an ERC how, chat? How a space like this would be nowadays? Probably it will not just not work. That's why people is not using it anymore. But what are the good things of it that could bring to the reality of people nowadays to the attention span? What's happening? and still be beneficial. So this will be the middle point of people being able to interact something with more, but with the life they have. Because even myself, looking to my own example on my life, uh, sometimes I want to interact with social network and it's not for one hour. I have five minutes break in work and these five minutes I want to interact with the world outside of work to see what my friends are doing or sharing or something. And it's five minutes. It's not 10, it's not 20. It's just these single five minutes that I, I'm doing a break on it. Right? So, so one of the, th- the questions will be that, will be how can you actually find a point which is not too much disruptive uh, from what people is actually living nowadays with this speed and so on. But at the same time, it gives them the opportunity to engage in different mm, ways. True. Maybe the IRC thing, that was just chat boards, right? 
just spaces that you could log in, choose your handle, like you could, you know, have multiple different identities, whatever. You just kind of be there and it was just a chat room, like a really old school. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd never first heard of it. Wave chat exactly. room. Yeah. Just to answer your question, actually, really briefly, just to put a, a bookmark on it, like not to get into the answer specifically, because I would still love to kind of explore other aspects of the topic. But I think what we're talking about is on one level is what's one short, meaningful five-minute activity people could do to just kind of check in, in a way, with what's happening. And one really simple answer would be that you could, like with all the conversation threads that are opening, if you, that are happening, if you imagine like, like a Slack workspace or whatever, you could just kind of tag either the interests that you have, the questions that you have, people you want to follow or people you kind of want to stay in touch with. And you could just get kind of, you would go into one section of the app or whatever, the website, the room, and you could see kind of activity associated with those questions, topics, threads, people, right? So it could be just something you, you scroll through and kind of see, stay up to date, right? That's just one idea. But the, the, the second part of the question, which is kind of um, about the design criteria, I just like to bookmark the group flow triggers, right? There's, a, I think, um, Jamie Wheel and, um, yeah, I, I, I'm forgetting the other guy, but they basically kind of worked out a model of flow triggers, right? What conditions need to be present in an environment? And they're talking about um, psychological, environmental, social, and creative triggers, right? They're, they're just kind of environments that you can set up that facilitate group flows. I think that could be one one kind of lens through which to, mm. to inform the design. Super cool. And it's stuff it's stuff like intensely focused attention, clear and shared goals, right? Getting immediate feedback on what you're doing, kind of having a ratio between the challenge and the skills that's optimal, right? Having high consequences is not just something you do, but you're actually building something that can fail, whatever, right? Having a rich sensory envi environment, deep embodiment helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like other stuff like uh, good communication, familiarity, um, sense of control, you know, and, and, and one, like the creative trigger, the one that they put in category of itself, it's like creativity, meaning that like, it's an open sandbox. Like it's, it's a thing you can create in, right. It's not like this scripted process and environment, but it's, you know, something that you, you can co-create and it's open-ended. That's important. So that could be something that would inform the design. Yeah, definitely. And since you were saying you wanted to explore something else, what is the next question? Like the ones I've, <laughs> I've written down is um, so a virtual hub for trainers forum or perhaps how to bring emerging trends to contribute to the current system. Which one of those do you guys ring with? Wow, so many ideas explored. That's the end of part one. Tune in in two weeks for part two of our discussion, where we'll continue with the question that I just asked. Thank you for, so much for listening. And of course, we'd love to hear from you, as I said in the beginning, either through email, via voice message, or on social media. All the links are in the description. Hope you did enjoy it so far. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to get even more inspiration on Trainers Lifestyle and upcoming events in Trainers Forum, join our group on Facebook and follow our page on social media. We host a yearly conference and multiple local trainers meetings around Europe. The links are in the bio, but you can also Google Trainers Forum. 
Stay tuned and have a great day.